Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 19th episode, our edition of the Sport Limerick Soccer Podcast, where I'm joined by our usual Sport Limerick Soccer Analysts, uh, Noel and Jason O'Connor. Uh, this evening, we'll start with yourself, Noel. The big talking points were obviously the, the bumper weekend we had of FAI Cup action in Limerick, uh, Fairview Rangers, and we'll start with Treaty United, Treaty United facing current FAI Cup holders, Dundalk, on Sunday, and Dundalk needed an extra time goal from Patrick McElhenney to overcome uh, Treaty. Obviously a very good achievement considering the standard of opposition, Noel, for Treaty to uh, get to extra time uh, against uh, that team and that calibre of team. Uh, were you happy with the way uh, with the display from Treaty? Yeah, I suppose it wasn't surprising the way they played. And, you know, it was a classic Treaty performance, um, albeit against uh, a much better team than what they normally meet. You know, and it suits them, you know, to sit deep and to soak up a lot of pressure um, to defend well. And, and and they did that in spades. Um, the, the trick in these games is not to concede early. The longer the game goes on, you know, it does it does give a bit of hope to your to your own team. And obviously, you know, builds a bit of frustration with the opposition. And uh, I thought they, you know, they played exactly the way they should have. You know, they certainly crowded the, uh, the middle area again, a bit like UCD. And they they reduced Dundalk to you know a lot of crosses in the box, which again suits Treaty with the guys that they have at centre half and in centre midfield, you know. And they certainly nullified and barred a couple of chances. And once those chances didn't go in before the first half, well, then it was always going to be a tight a tight second half because I'm sure the you know the management said at halftime, "You've done really well in the first half. Let's not concede an early goal now. Let's let's keep it a nil all." You know the first 10 or 15 minutes because, you know, when you're playing a team like Dundalk in these competitions, the manager's going to have a go at them and say, look, we should be out of sight. We should have taken a couple of chances. We need to go at them and, and we need to kill this game off. So it is crucial not to concede again early in, 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 in the second half and they didn't do it. And, you know, credit to the whole group for, uh, for taking them to extra time and for Dundalk having to empty their bench, you know, before they went away with a victory. Yeah, obviously we were at the game, Jason, and we mentioned the fact that it was obviously a very good achievement for Treaty to take Dundalk almost the distance. Obviously, it didn't really quite reach penalty shootouts. I suppose in the end, the the quality of player that Dundalk were bringing off the bench and, and Patrick McElhenney, if for instance, Jason, had a massive impact on the game, didn't he? And, and obviously was the match winner too. He was, Adrian, and look, I said it before the game, we were chatting and he was one of the players I came to see, you know, and, and that's really what I was hoping for yesterday. You know, I was hoping to see a little bit of magic from, from a few different players. And I was looking to be interested, I suppose, on how the treaty players would match up, you know. But look, well, I agree with Noel, it was great effort by treaty. There's no doubt about that effort and commitment. But that's never in doubt with this group. Um, and they dug in really, really well. But look... We spoke about a free shot, Adrian, last week. And a free shot is when you come out and have a go, you know, and, and Treaty didn't come out and have a go at any stage. Let's be fair and honest about it. We can't be kidding ourselves. You know, at, at times, there were six across the 18-yard box and the ball was being cleared and it was just coming straight back and that was sustained for long periods. So I suppose from that point of view, I was a little bit disappointed would have liked them to, to have a little bit of a go at times, you know, and and look, I suppose that fear that you'll get turned over by a few goals when you're talking about the class of opposition, that's obviously there, don't get me wrong, but who would have complained, Adrian? Nobody, I don't think, if if Treaty actually came out and had a go. 
Yeah, it's certainly interesting you say that. And, and I suppose one of the, the interesting team selections, Jason, just to stick with yourself on that point, would be Ed McCarthy. As Tommy had said, he had toyed with the idea earlier in the season of playing Ed McCarthy at right back. I was probably fully sure myself that it would be Jack uh, right back and Ed McCarthy in midfield uh, yesterday, despite the fact that the only doubt I had was that Jack had been very good in midfield. So I didn't know if he'd move him out of that position. But he did play Ed McCarthy uh, at right back. Uh, what was your own opinion of, of Ed's performance? I suppose, look, very hard to judge him, Adrian, because as I said, you know, the two wingers played as fullbacks for me. You know, we didn't see Ed kind of in, in too many 1v1 situations throughout the game. Probably in the two hours that were played, we might have saw four or five over that two-hour period. Now, don't get me wrong, in them, he did okay. And, and other than that, he does what he always does, Adrian. He keeps the ball very well. We know that. We flagged that very early on in the season. He's technically very good and that's why I would have preferred to see him in the middle, to be honest, because I think he would have been able to keep the ball a little bit better than, than some of the lads that were in there. But look, you can't judge him as a right back on yesterday's performance. You can't, you know, and you can't say he played a traditional right back position yesterday, I think, because he didn't. You know, Matt Keane was back in that right back position for most of the game and it was the same on the other side. So, it's not directed at eggs. It was the same on the other side with Mark Ludden. Do you know, the, the two wingers, as I said, were playing as full-backs. So if you're going to make a call on, on Edward as a right-back, you certainly can't be doing it on yesterday. But look, again, the quality of opposition, he never looks like he's under pressure on the ball. And that's the sign of a good player, Adrian. Do you know, his first touch and his technical ability gives him that little bit of time, it seems, on the ball. And, and it doesn't give the ball away. So... He's a young lad and he's learning his trade. There's no doubt about that. But as a right back, I'd still have question marks, of course. Noel, one negative on, on the game was obviously the late sending off of Anthony O'Donnell. Uh, you know, that's that's a crucial loss for, for Treaty, especially considering Sean Gearns was ruled out for seven or so weeks uh, very recently. Because as you mentioned as well, with the type of centre-backs Treaty have, they're kind of older traditional centre-backs in terms of they love attacking the ball and it's always defence first. And we saw how much we missed, particularly the board of them, and the one time they didn't play together, I believe, against UCD earlier in the season. That's probably just going to be uh, one worry for, for Tommy moving forward. Um, I suppose, well, what was your own view of the red card? Yeah, probably <clears throat> the way the game has gone out, you know, and it's... Jason says, you know, that, that we go over and over and over things. I've certainly gone over the fact that players need to stay on their feet um, a bit more and maybe jockey for possession and match runs, you know, and there is a tendency with a couple of the players maybe to dive in. And uh, I remember Pat, Pat Dolan always saying that, you know, if, if you're off your feet, you're gambling and good players don't gamble. And, you know, he's come off second best. He might, he might have got away with it with another referee. I know Neil Doyle of old and, you know, I feared for the worst when it happened and, you know, when the car comes out and, you know, you could be looking at, at a three-match suspension and the fact that it's a second a second red yeah. of the season, there may be another one and I noticed as well that Clyde O'Connell picked up uh, a yellow and I think he's only one more yellow off another suspension and he may well get a two-game ban because of, of AHL cards. I think he's already served a ban with... Uh, Yellow cards. So yeah, just a little bit of a cloud on the horizon. Um, but it's it's happening, and they're going to have to deal with it. I suppose the positive is is, is how well Mark Walsh has um, has slotted into the back. Uh, 
since he came back from his facial injury, and that's been a real plus. And uh, it looks like maybe for a couple of games, we may see Jack Lynch or Clyde O'Connell slipping back there. It just depends on how these suspensions go or or when, or when they're meted out. But certainly, uh, Anthony O'Donnell is missing the, the game on Friday night. Yeah, and Jason, before we move on to the, obviously the big game with Athlone, which is coming this Friday, it also be remiss of me not to mention the fact that Fairview Rangers, who played only their third competitive game uh, since the FBI Junior Cup final uh, on Saturday against the Premier Division, Erdrisley Premier Division side in Finn Harps, managed to take them to extra time. Now, obviously, Finn Harps dominated possession throughout and did have a, a good few chances, despite not making Aaron Savage work unbelievably hard to save them. Uh, it was, it was, you have to say, it was. Jess Purcell will be proud of his team and, and the effort that was put in there and how they managed to get all the way to 120 minutes there. Well, definitely, Adrian. Look at the difference in the Fairview game against <coughs> and the Treaty game against Dundalk. His, his fitness, you know, there's no doubt about that and, and the levels that, that they're competing at regularly. We know Fairview only through pre-season, halfway through pre-season, the Atten Roy game was probably the best preparation they got for, for the Hearts game. So very understandable that they would sit in and, and try to keep things at 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 zero zero for as long as possible, you know, and they did that. But they were credited to the junior game at the weekend, Adrian, there's no doubt about that. And it'll be great preparation for them for the season that kicks off on the twelfth of August. And that's their bread and butter, the FEI Junior Cup. They'll be looking to win the league this year obviously, and the Munster Junior. So, yeah, listen, kudos to Jason and, and the club for a great occasion for them. And they certainly didn't let themselves down. Yeah, I know. It certainly will be a great game to prepare themselves for the league. And with the signings made, I suppose, and with the squad depth, when you consider who they will be coming up against in the Limerick District League, the standard obviously won't be as high with, with respect to the, the teams in the league. And Fairview, have, you know, they will be desperate to win a league, despite winning the FA Junior Cup recently. The league has eluded them for quite a long time, so they will be desperate to win that this season. I'm sure they will, and I was really impressed with them, I have to say. And I knew well that they were very um, short on match fitness, and it was we spoke about the weather we were up there. It was a difficult night to to watch a game so I can only imagine what it was like to play in it I'd say it's about six or eight training sessions um, they got through uh, there in, 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 in the two hours I'd say there's a lot of sore and tired bodies up there since Saturday night um, and in fairness to them they were excellent I thought Finn Harps were excellent as well people forget that they haven't won a game in, in weeks and weeks and and they showed that you know that frailty if you like and a bit like the, the Dundalk game, they had a couple of chances early on. They had a big shout for a penalty. I, they hit the butt of the post and the goal didn't go in. And the longer it went on, the more difficult it got. But they kept on playing football and playing the right football and probing and probing. And the reaction, you know, when they did score, showed the kind of pressure that they were under and showed the kind of pressure that Fairview had put them under. But I, I think Fairview, you know, they actually ran themselves to an absolute standstill. I saw guys going off the pitch and they could hardly make it across to the to the bench and if they certainly show that commitment every week they will be forced to be reckoned with in, in, in the junior season coming up Yeah certainly I suppose if you were a betting man you'd say they were one of the early front runners uh, for, for the league uh, campaign as well Jason we're moving on now to the, the big game in the Airtricity League First Division as far as we're concerned with Treaty United travelling to Willisie Woolen to play Athlone Town on Friday night obviously it'll all be about recovery for Treaty uh, this week it's, it's a massive game, another massive opportunity like we've been discussing for the last three or four weeks for Treaty because they're already eight points clear of Athlone in sixth. 
So any positive result really would put them in, in pole position uh, for, for the playoffs. <laughs> Look, it's a must-win game for Atlone. There's no doubt about that. A draw would suit Treaty, obviously, in a way a win would be unbelievable for them. But they'll go there knowing that if they avoid defeat, that it could possibly put an end to Atlone's playoff hopes. Um, we saw, obviously, from the Cup game, against Waterford for that loan that Glenn McCauley has, has joined him on loan. He got a hat-trick and that fantastic goal, obvious, obviously, that's all over social media. So he could pose a different threat if he's playing for a treaty. Sometimes young strikers like that, he's in very, very strong company at Shelburne. We know all about Michael O'Connor. We saw his quality recently in the markets field. He's vying for positions with him and Brennan and Maddie up there. So he goes to Athlone, Glenn McCauley, and, and suddenly he's the number one striker in the club. And look, that's what all strikers thrive on, Adrian. And, and he's hit the ground running with, with three goals last week. You mentioned Anto O'Donnell. No one quite rightly said he'll miss the game. And he'll be a loss, you know. There's no doubt about that. He'll be a loss. Who'll go back in there? You know, it'll be a toss-up, I suppose, between Clyde and, and Jack. But I suppose, look, Jack is more of an attacking midfielder. You have Sean McSweeney back to full fitness. Is there a temptation to put Jack back in at centre-back? He's a lot more solid. He's a lot more stable, I believe, I suppose, than, than Clyde in that position. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But, as I said, look, very, very important game for Treaty, and it's a must-not-lose game. Yeah, certainly. And, and obviously we know there's going to be that change, Noel, and we remain to be seeing who does replace Anto Donnell at centre-back. Uh, the other areas that are up for grabs would obviously be the, the wingers' positions as well. Hard to judge Stephen Christopher so far, really, because he came off the bench kind of and played a half against UCD. Wasn't obviously overly prominent in the game. Then last week, it's very hard to judge because, as Jason said, the wingers were playing really deep. Uh, for a treaty against Dundalk. And then on the other side, you had Joel Custrain, who was sacrificed, and Tommy did say that was a tactical uh, switch because of McKean. Maybe, you know, he trusted maybe McKean a bit more in, in a defensive position. Uh, it's going to be difficult because, in fairness to Joel, in the first 20, 25 minutes, he showed glimpses of, of what he can do. So that area of the pitch will certainly be up for grabs, you'd imagine, this week. Yeah, nice to see him playing the right as well and just came inside at one stage and Hit a real decent effort. I think he just just flew wide at the far post off his left foot. So it was interesting to see. And look, they, you know, they're quite strong going up there, albeit with Anto O'Donnell out. But, you know, I thought it was the strongest squad as, as I've seen this year for Treaty. And they're going to be down one on, on Friday night. But they're not playing in dock on Friday night. Um, they're playing a team that's, that has really struggled. And uh, they beat them quite comprehensively in the Marcus Field. Um I felt strong enough about them playing UCD a couple of weeks ago. Treaty, I think they can continue that good form and I think they're more likely to win up there. Um, obviously, a draw would be great. But uh, I think overall, with the options off the bench as well, uh, the one leveller there I think could be the pitch and I think, uh, I think and I've watched a few games um, online and I just think that the pitch is a, is a bit odd, if you like. It's a bit like the like Oriel Park a few, uh, a few years ago, although they're telling me that already it's starting to go back to what it was a few years ago, Oriel Park. So that's the one bit that I'm, I'm not quite sure about. But I think in terms of the two squads, I think Treaty have a much stronger squad. I think they're, 
a bit more together. They should have a lot more confidence. I think Atlone will probably be heartbroken after the penalty shootout defeat. Whereas I, you know, I think even though they lost yesterday, Treaty have come out with fairly intact in, in confidence-wise, and they'll forget about it fairly quickly, and they'll be refocused on the league, and they know that's the most important thing, and they're in a fantastic position. And I think that they'll be very low to, you know. Damage where they are, for want of a better word, and I'd, I'd be I'd be strong enough in 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 feeling. I think that they're good enough and, and go and get a, a scrappy victory on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, Jason, just to pick up on Noel's point about the pitch, I have obviously been there a couple of times before. It is a, a fairly big pitch. Obviously, a lot of emphasis is put on the difference between grass and, and astroturf pitches. Uh, Jason, do you think that that will have a, a massive bearing on it? Because I do know, like some people say, that it suits the more agile players to be playing on those type of surfaces. What would be your own view on that? I think it'll probably suit Treaty more than than Athlone, Adrian. I genuinely do. You know, it's a young squad. Given the opportunity, and and look, we saw against UCD, they are capable of moving the ball around. You know, they really are. So, might be an opportunity for them to do that. And, and on that pitch, I'd like him to, to move the ball around Adrian. You know, we were saying for weeks, and Tommy even said it himself, oh, there's more to this team than, than just heart and commitment. So even opportunities like this on artificial surfaces, you'd hope that, that they'd take that advice and they'd go and express themselves a little bit more than, than they even attempted to do um, yesterday in the market's field. You know, um, yeah, I agree with Noel, and it's very hard to disagree with him, Adrian. You know... He's on a bit of a roll at the moment. A a roll, yeah. I failed to mention that. Oh, we have to give him that. <laughs> From the UCD game to the extra time in, in the fair green, you know, look, and it's all based on his knowledge. There's no doubt about that. But look, it's a fantastic opportunity. The pitch will suit Treaty, in my opinion. And I hope to try and play a bit more football, Adrian. That's, that's my hope for them. And all his heart is racing there with that applause you gave him there, and you can see it. You can see it in his face; he's beaming. But uh, I know that Noel did the one thing that I mentioned to Tommy after the game. It was the worst kept secret around, and it came out at the start of last week that uh, two further players had had left the squad in Shane Louth and Adam Foley, who we believe is, has signed back with Ashley and Cody in, in the Limerick District League. Uh, it's look, Adam Foley. Had very limited game time. He was on the bench every week, but I think he only had 10 minutes against Kevin Teeley, if I remember correctly. Um, and, and Shane Lout, who did actually play earlier in the season, uh, it just didn't seem to be, you know, part of Tommy's plans anymore, even coming off the bench. Yeah, I looked that way. I see Adam Foley played uh, friendly for Ashton on Saturday night, I think, against St. Michael's. Um, look, he'll be disappointed, I think. It's his second time up there. Um Obviously, he didn't do enough in training in the manager's eyes. Um, you have Kieran Hanlon, who's kind of nailed on for a starting position and was always uh, McKevitt to come up the bench. And in fairness, Treaty were winning games or drawing them. You know, maybe he would have got more ch- chances if they were losing matches with, with 10 or 15 minutes to go and they might have had to gamble to put on a second striker, but it just didn't, it didn't work out that way. So... Um, and I, I think as regards Shane Lout, I think, again, a very competitive place, more so than up top, but uh, certainly plenty of centre midfield type centre half players in the squad. I think we would have said it at the start of the season as well, that there wasn't a whole lot of, of wide players in the group. And, you know, you even see now that there is central players playing 
playing in those wide areas. So um hasn't worked out for him and that and, and that happens sometimes, but I hope that you know that they got some benefit out of their experience and they certainly should be going back to their clubs a good bit fitter and they should make a big impression at the start of the ju- uh, junior season with the amount of training that they've done in probably in comparison to most of the players that they'll be playing with and, and playing against. Yeah, Jason, it's obviously Adam Foley will, will be disappointed because he did. It's not for the one to try and that Adam Foley hasn't worked out at, at League of Ireland level. You know, he did go to Cove and try to, to work at, at it with Cove as well. That didn't work out. He, he signed for Treaty at the first available chance, to be fair, and started off with an injury in the first couple of weeks, which, which wouldn't have helped him. Um, you know, I suppose that the advice would nearly be not to become disillusioned uh, with, with it, like and an, an attempt, and he may come back in the future if that is the case. Yeah, 100%, Adrian. That'd be my advice too, Adam. And Tommy kind of touched on it in his interview. He mentioned that he probably plays better in a two up top. You know, his, his main attributes are kind of running in behind and his finishing is an excellent finisher. There's no doubt about that. Um, but playing up there on his own. He kind of has struggled a little bit over the years, you know, so that's probably the side of the game that that he needs to work on most. But he's a young player, Adrian, you know, he's 21, 22. There certainly is time yet for him, you know, and you'd hope that he wouldn't get sucked in too much into the junior scene, that he can remain disciplined and he can remain fit and and drive on again. and, And who knows what the future holds for Adam. Certainly. And a big positive recently, Noel, as well, is the performances of Ty Groin in goals. Obviously, he was missing a couple of games and Shane Cusack came in at the deputised. But he was very solid again on Sunday and he has been he has gained a lot of points for 3D throughout the season with a few saves at low. And actually, in the last game springs to mind when he saved from Shane Barnes uh, to make sure that 3D won the game. It's vital with the fact that we have such a young goalkeeper on the bench now in Gallagher, young, young Gallagher there, that we keep Ty Groin and he keeps fit for, for 3D come into the running. I think you're right. And he thought I was brilliant yesterday. Um, I'm surprised that he didn't get more um plaudits. Thought he made a couple of great saves. And he certainly um instilled a, a lot of confidence in the guys in front of him, and that's a real hallmark of a of a good keeper. And uh, the fact that he has missed a couple of games will be a bit of a worry because you know you often see keepers and they play every single game and and, and they never have an injury. Um, as regards reserve keeper, you'd probably get a good game out of the reserve keeper coming in, but generally, if they're in there for two or three games, maybe the difference comes out maybe in in, in the second or third game. So certainly, fingers crossed for Treaty that uh, he does stay fit, and I think he's it's probably the most important position. I think they could uh, probably cover every position on the pitch now, but certainly couldn't cover that if you know if 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 he was out for a medium or longer period of time. Uh, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, and last week you lads had a break from predictions. We weren't going to go through 15 FAI uh, games last week. We give you a break from that, but we're back to kind of looking at our games in the division and, and predicting the outcomes of those this week. Uh, Jason, just to start with yourself, there's a, a, a big game at Turner's Cross now with Cork and UCD, made bigger by the fact that Cork stunned uh, Sligar Rovers, in fairness, it must be said, in, in the FAI Cup at the weekend. Now, I suppose that will give Colin Healy's side some more confidence and they're coming up against a, a fairly fragile UCD, albeit, to be fair, they got a great result over Shelburne as well. So, you know, both teams will, will have a bit of confidence considering last week's performances anyway. Well, Adrian, and, and look, Cork in particular were due that result, weren't they? Let's be fair to them, you know, that they've played a lot of teams off the park and 
including treaty, you know, and, and come away from games very hard done by. So, look, it could be a turning point for them. There's no doubt about that. And the fact that they're at home, they could build on it. You know, I wouldn't bet against them, Adrian. And, and look, no one called it really about UCD and the average Jekyll and Hyde. We know that. And when they go behind, you quite rightly said there, they can be fragile. You know, so I'd be inclined to lean towards Cork. I know I won't get much um, backing on that one, I suppose, <laughs> in the Limerick area. But I do think Cork are capable of getting the result, Adrian, and they might have turned the corner. Yeah, I agree with you there. It certainly was a result that, that was coming for Cork in terms of performance levels. Uh, to jump to Talca Park now, Noel, Shelburne hosting Cove Ramblers. It's obviously been a change that I actually meant to discuss as well uh, last week, but it came, we, we were on air a bit earlier in the week, but Stuart Ashton has departed Cove uh, the likelihood apparently was that Stuart Ashton was going to leave at the end of the season anyway, so both parties almost agreed effectively that it was better to do it now. Darren Murphy's gone in there, a player who you would have managed against actually with when he was with Cove when, when Limerick FC were playing against him. And he's also after adding John O'Flynn as well today, who was an ex-Limerick FC striker in Cork City, who you worked with uh, to the, the fray and, and the backroom team. I suppose, look, the, the Cove now true as well in the FAI, so it's, it's probably, uh, uh, you know, a, a hard time any time to go and play Shelburne. So do you see any way that, that a new management bounce can can get a result at Talca Park? Yeah, I think they may well have got their bounce yesterday. And look, obviously disappointing for sure. But as you said, it was probably coming at the end of the season. May as well give this guy a bit of experience by all accounts. Darren had done well with the Cove 19s as well. And he was certainly a formidable player and a wholehearted player um, for Cove. Um, I think the, the Shelburne game is probably a step too far. I don't think uh, Shelburne will be that worried about going out of the cup. I'd say they probably, sit, you know, they're totally focused on getting promotion. They certainly don't want to get sucked into a playoff. I'd say at this stage, and uh, they're they'll be going for the three points. You know, it'll be easy to get them motivated after losing last week, and uh, you can really only see one result in, in, in that game. Yeah, and then to go back to, to Stradbrook and Dublin there, Jason, you've got Kevin Teeley, who'd be on a fairly poor run at the moment. They're hosting Bray Wanderers. Now, Bray took a real trouncing at the hands of St. Patrick's Athletic in the FAO. They've had a bit of a, a strange season, you know, in terms of consistency, it must be said. But in Treaty's eyes, you're looking at it now saying you'd almost want Bray Wanderers to win that game. And then if you get a positive result against that loan, I mean, the chase and pack there in the, the sixth position area like is really dwindling uh, at a fast pace that really is it Adrian there's no doubt about it you know Bray have the players we know that you know when Gary saw his face and Dylan McGlade and look Connor Clifford we know about the players they have but they haven't produced consistently you know and that's been their downfall I would have tipped them early on to be in the playoffs and probably comfortably based on, on the team that they had assembled there but Kevin Teeley won't make it easy for anyone, Adrian. We know that. They've probably overachieved in my eyes, you know, and up till a couple of weeks ago, they would have had hopes of of the playoff spots themselves, you know. So, look, it won't be easy. You know, there's no doubt about that. And putting the treaty hat on, I suppose, you'll be hoping Braille win. It could be a draw. You know, there won't be there won't be much more than a kick of a ball in it, so I don't think, Adrian, but I'll go for Bray. Stradbrook certainly is a, a tough place, as we know all about, uh, to get a result. And finally, Noel, on the prediction front, we've got Wexford hosting Galway at uh, 30 Carrick Park. They got a victory in, in the FAI Cup la- last week as well. Galway, obviously, in great form. I know they, they were they bowed out of, the, of that competition uh, against Shamrock Rovers, but 
you know, it, it's hard to bet against Galway going to Ferry Carrick Park and, and getting a win with, with the form they're in at the moment. It absolutely is, although I was I was watching the highlights of the Wexford Cavantili game. I think that four goals disallowed as well as the three they got um, Wexford, but I, I don't think it's going to happen at the weekend. Um, I think Galway, you know, John Coffey will be drumming into them about how much Wexford have improved and the fact that, you know, they, they snuck a home win themselves against them in the last round with a goal in the 95th minute. So I think it'll be easy, you know, to keep the Galway's the Galway players' feet on, on the ground. And I, I think that Galway will be too strong for Wexford on, on the night, although I said the possibility will only be a goal in it. Yeah, and on a final note, Jason, uh, this is non-prediction-wise, but just while I was mentioning Galway, uh, it was interesting to note that obviously we realised Shane Duggan had not been in the starting lineup uh, for a few weeks now and he was on the bench. I noticed, uh, if I'm correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed that he wasn't, I don't think, even named on the bench uh, for the, the FAI Cup game. And there are rumours about Shane Duggan leaving uh, the club and, and possibly going to Cork on loan. That has been muted as well. Uh, would you be surprised to see that? I suppose probably not with, with the fact that lack of game time in recent weeks for him. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all, Adrian. You know, and I've heard that myself about Cork. We heard a few whispers about maybe Treaty as well, but I don't see that happening in the near future. You know, um, John Caulfield is very sure about what he wants and who he wants, I suppose. Um, and look, I'm not sure what contract Shane Duggan is on. Is it is it up at the end of the season? Um, so obviously his wages at the moment would be a factor as well, I suppose, for him going on loan. And, and John Caulfield is probably looking at the playoff spots and he's not likely to to give Shane to, to someone that they could be facing in the playoffs. So... It would kind of make sense for all parties, really, Shane included, because he needs to play um, if that Cork City move happens.